podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Propo, good to see you, man. Um, we had set this time to record, obviously. I bought a couple of minutes via WhatsApp. Just going to make a quick coffee, come back and we'll record. In the time it took me to get the old Nespresso machine charged up, the Dolphins line has jumped from, what, about five points? Uh, and of course, joining the dots, two is out, officially out. I mean, we kind of figured he would be, but now it is official. Two are out. And does that mean Sky? Does that mean Sky? Or are they talking? Just reading the article here. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater. They're leaning towards Skylar Thompson starting. I think is what everybody's concluding with that line. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the Dolphins have said that they're preparing as if rookie Skylar Thompson will start Sunday at Buffalo. That's what Adam Schefter is reporting. But yeah, it was fascinating because I was doing my prep building up to the show. And yes, it's surprising that I do prep going into this, as you said, <laughs> no, on a phone sorry. call before we went into it. <laughs> but it's... Um, Which may I, was... I say was met with stony silence from Propo. Who was, <laughs> uh, was it... no, oh no, you definitely didn't touch a nerve then. I mean, if it was you, then it would be a little bit more uh, obvious worried. considering your uh, record so far this season. Let me just sort of flip it back onto you there pretty swiftly. Oh, here we go. But uh, obviously me, I'm a bad, I've had a couple of weeks, uh, bad weeks, back to back, losing weeks on the Drew Locks. Actually didn't, last week was a funny one because I did really well on the Saturday, was feeling really good about myself. And then the Sunday uh, was a little bit of a collapse, so to speak, but two kickoff returns as much as uh, they completely ruined my under was such was it worth it? Great entertainment. And yeah, it was just completely worth it to see the reaction uh, from the that, Bills Mafia. That is how... That was the order of the chronology of my thought process there. So just to recap for listeners, Propo was on the under in the Bills yeah. Patriots. It was our live game on TalkSport 2. So we did, uh, we were in studio and of course went to the comms for kickoff. Everything about, and we got a lot of the buildup, of course, and all the all the brilliant stuff that was happening pregame uh, in honor of DeMar. And then within 15 seconds, they've taken it to the house. <laughs> and so... The chronology of my emotions was, wow, that is one of the most picture-perfect starts to a game I could ever imagine. Then I was soaking in the celebration of the Bills fans and the radio comms did it perfectly as many, and this, this is the testament to great producers as much as the the play-by-play guys, just let it breathe and didn't say anything and just let the noise do the talking. And so I was soaking that in for a minute and then thinking in the context of the game, God, are the Patriots going to be able to get back at all? It's the worst possible start for them. Pretty close to all of that was Rob was on the under. There's no way his Drew Locke is going to land. And I can't deny that I had a smile up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be completely honest with you, with me. yeah, it was a weird one because as I honestly thought the Bills were going to win that game, but I didn't expect them to win the game in that fashion. And mm. I also have to say I was relatively impressed with the, the way the Patriots played on offense after that. I'm not sure yeah, if the Bills right? defense would have let up considering they had a lead for the majority of the game. But I mean, it got to 14 all at one point. And there was also just several moments in that game where the under looked like it could 
be on its way to coming in despite the early uh, influx of points. But then there would just be something ridiculous taking place, whether it be an interception or another kickoff return, uh, meaning that it wasn't going to be able to uh, come in. But at the same time, it was worth it because I still very much enjoyed that game. Mm. And considering that I've been carrying the podcast for the majority of the season, it's nice for oh, one to rely on a Nat being able to pull off a win in very fortunate fashion, may I add, for the Dolphins uh, Jets game. Don't give me fortunate fashion. I mean, it was never in doubt. I absolutely, absolutely romped home. I deserved that uh, that bit of good karma after uh, the now notorious Babbitts. Hey, but that's back-to-back Drew Locks for me, right? That is back-to-back Drew Locks. I think what you've gone to five and 13, I'm... <laughs> there we go. I'm 11 and seven, so still... In the uh, still in the green, but sadly not going to be worried able to... about. I'm worried about you. See, you know, you always say about ending the season strongly. You know, I am. I am roll. I'm rolling up the Lions. I am ending it, even if I'm not going to make the playoffs. I'm ending it on a high. You are. I don't know. Just kind of fading fast after early season promise, like last season's Cardinals. And you know, we all know what happened to Cliff Kingsbury in the last 24 hours. Propo. I mean, honestly, no matter what happens. I will finish this season at least 500 because I've already got 11 wins and you will, even if you win every single game, if you win out for the rest of the playoffs, you'll still yep. only finish nine and 13. So I still feel very comfortable. Ultimately, this is a competition between me and you, the Drew Locks, and uh, really, I have already really won. So, uh, yeah. The Drew Locks <laughs> fair this season, that is true. You've obviously already got that in the bag. And overall now. Well, and overall, but as we've, you still haven't done any heavy lifting at all and going through the episodes and picking all the picks that, we have made over the course of edge rush and I love to see you is coming out on top there. Not, we can't include your prop bets cause I'm not allowed to do prop bets, but everything else that we've ever picked, I'd love to see the head to head on that. I don't think you'd be quite so smug, mate. I think I reckon, I reckon I would still be just about up. Cause we had a two, a couple of head to heads earlier in the season that I think mm-hmm. I came away victorious, but I mean now all of this conversation really is redundant and a little mm-hmm. bit indulgent when, we're going to be joined later in the show by potentially one of the sharpest minds in the country right now is Crystal Collins. And he actually, I mean, I'm getting I'm getting shots from all angles because Crystal mm. Collins sent me a message at midnight mm. quoting me from my, I don't know why, because you also said the same thing. I don't know why I got the direct hate <laughs> from Crystal Collins when we were both saying how I love the we thought that it was a little bit too many points, the Cardinals versus the 49ers. Always just scary because of the backdoor mm-hmm. cover. And he literally he quoted me. Yep. Yeah, he literally quoted me in saying that 2023 uh, Ollie Thornton on Edge Rush basically getting it wrong <laughs> on Crystal Collins' it. pick. So uh, I'm getting it. shots at all angles, which seems slightly unfair because, as I've already said, I've carried this podcast for such a long period of time. But uh, do you know what? In the face yep. of adversity, Nat, that's when I always mm. perform at my best. So yeah, is I'm that right? Have you got a little week. tagline quote for that? When the lights yeah. come on, something, something, something couple of things crystal tom on the show of course a bit later on i'm looking forward to having him on in person secondly can we remember to refer to him as crystal tom and not crystal collins crystal collins sounds like he should be dancing at the glass slipper in new orleans (laughs) (laughs) well how do you know he's not well that's true he might be well because his picks are going so well that's more like where i'm gonna end up after this season yeah but Uh, that might be his hobby you don't know you don't know what crystal collins does in his spare time i enjoy dancing in a cage in his bedtime maybe we'll ask him that question a little bit later on crystal tom not crystal collins please propo the we have also let's be honest i was starting all of this by talking about tour we've completely gone uh on one hell of a tangent but yeah so dolphin he has been ruled out it looks like scarlett Mm. thompson is going to start against Buffalo. And yeah. I thought the number was already kind of taking into account the fact that uh, Tua wasn't going to play, but apparently not because the market reacted immediately as it 
as the time. Or do you, now, interestingly, on that, when it is the situation where it's so up in the air, do you think there's a kind of hedging? Yeah, there must going be. on there. So I think we've just seen that being proved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks like they were hedging by putting somewhere in the middle, uh, depending on whether two are played or not. But yeah, literally in the time that it took you to make a coffee, the line went from nine and a half, which <laughs> I was loving the Bills at because I didn't think two was going to play. And whether it was Teddy or Skyler, I thought that was a decent number. And Bills have done very well against bad teams or teams with bad quarterbacks so far this season at covering big spreads. But it's now gone to 13 and a half now, which is, as I said last week, it's just too big a number. I don't really mm. like playing those numbers unless I like the underdog in that matchup. But I think with Skylar Thompson at quarterback, I don't have enough faith in him after what I saw against the Jets. Yes, he didn't necessarily turn the ball over. He wasn't like haphazard. Mm. But you would expect this Bills offense to be able to put up points against the Dolphins, uh, not like the Jets and Joe Flacco. And I just don't think Skylar Thompson is going to be able to keep up. So I think you could easily see... This is a scenario with this number, like a backdoor cover either side, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. So I think you could easily see the Miami Dolphins scoring a garbage uh, time touchdown to cover the spread. Or I think mm -hmm. alternatively, you could see the Bills scoring a garbage time touchdown when Scarlett Thompson is having to make a play or force a play at the end of this game. So yeah. I'm not necessarily... Uh, it's a shame because obviously it's the 6pm game on the Sunday. So it's the mm. primetime game for us in the UK. But at this moment in time, I'll probably leave it as it is unless this number goes in any direction that I fancy. I really really like the fins plus 13 i i, mm. I do i think it's wildly generous and underestimating uh a lot not least i think the continued indifference inconsistency that we've seen from this bill's offense now for, for quite a few weeks i mean they're not fully in their groove i think that is very very generous indeed it's not one of the games we're keying in on we do talk a bit about uh, it over on the J-Bell pod that is out in the vault. Go check that out. J-Bell in the house previewing Super Wildcard weekend proper. You're looking at me like we didn't talk about that game on the pod, but I think we did. I think we we did, did talk about that game on the pod. <laughs> okay, yeah. Thank God for that. Um, we only recorded that pod recently and I've forgotten. Yeah. I was about to say that was literally a couple of hours ago. What have you put in that coffee? Is that an Irish coffee? It, it, is, a, it is a fine pod and it is in the vaults. <laughs> Go check that out. Jay Belt in the house for Super Wildcard Weekend. We've got some listener questions in. Weaved into the mix as well. So if you did get in touch with us on social at the NC show and asked a question, we might well have put it to the great Jay Bell. Uh, speaking of great time, Mike at the vault as well. The Monday show rolling as ever. So there's some good stuff getting you set for Wildcard Weekend already done and dusted. But we are about three key games on today's Edge Rush, we're going to talk Jags charges. We're going to talk Ravens and your Cincinnati Bengals propo. We're going to lead off with 49 Seahawks. Incidentally, me and you in the hot seat on TalkSport 2 Saturday night. Join me and propo for that game live. What are we on at? Nine o'clock for a 9.30? Yeah, we'll be on air at nine o'clock uh, for nice. a 9.30 kickoff. Yeah, it should be it should be a good one. I mean, it's amazing. I saw, I think it was the Seattle Seahawks official Twitter account posted a uh, one of those. We kept all the receipts sort of montages of all the people saying that they're going to go own 17. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That Pete Carroll's done in Seattle. This is last season. Yeah. It's an absolute joke that they're starting Geno Smith. They must be tanking. All of yeah. those various things have all been said going into the season by the likes of Colin Coward and Skip Bayless and the Seahawks have remembered every single one. So they <laughs> very much deserve all the flowers at this point because incredible season considering yep how weak that roster looked going into it. Mm. Um, I think they've been, they haven't necessarily lucked out in terms of a matchup going into this. And I think they find that out. I think they've only scored 20 points in two games in total against the 49ers already this season. So I think 
it's an unfortunate matchup considering the likes you could have got in this NFC. I think the 49ers right now are rolling and they just look so impressive even with Brock Purdy at the helm. So going yeah. to be a tough one. It is. Let's let's look at it then in, in keeping with the Seahawks being wildly underrated, certainly preseason and uh, arguably for, for much of the season after their really impressive start since the Munich game, they went on tilt and... and I guess it's fair to say kind of snuck in the inside rail in, into the playoffs, but nevertheless, whatever happens in this game, it's been a, a, a successful season. They've overreached and, and Gino Smith, who I wrote about this week for the times propo, get that plug in is very much the the poster boy of that. It's an extraordinary story. And I, I got into a bit with J bell on that show, so I won't double down, but if uh, we'll, we'll fire a link out to the article on, on social, if you're interested, but the Gino Smith story is, a heartwarming one, a fascinating one. And uh, and I really enjoyed drilling down to it a little bit more for that piece. Like Gino, like the Hawks, they're being underestimated in this game as well. They're like the Dolphins, not quite as extreme as Miami, but heavy dogs. So nine mm-hmm. and a half is the line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a few things to think about here. So you're right. They haven't made much hay against the 49ers in the two games that they played the season offensively. But, they played, of course, San Francisco week 15, and it was a it was a Brock Purdy start. Mm. 21-13. And it was a tight game because Quandre Diggs had a dropped pick in that game. There were a few kind of moments where, you know, fine margins and it could have been even closer than, than that, a, a one-score game. The 49ers, I guess, have got stronger and stronger even since that moment obviously with people returning Purdy's had what is it three more starts now in the saddle and is looking increasingly composed McCaffrey increasingly becoming efficient Debo's obviously back as well so that they're a stronger proposition for it do you did Ken Walker play in that game and get in the 49ers in the week 15 game I need to look that up I don't think he did but I know he made his debut against them in uh, oh yeah he did play in the week 14 he carried 12 times for 47 yards um, and in the two games facing the 49ers this season, he's showing three and a half yards per carry. He made his debut against them in week two, and they held him to 10 yards on the ground from four carries. Obviously, the 49ers running a tight ship when it comes to their run defense. They've allowed just 78 yards per game, which is second best in the NFL, and 3.4 yards per rush, which shares the NFL lead. They mm. are... Uh, absolutely sensational in terms of a run defense. And they're going to force Geno Smith to throw the ball. It looks like the weather's going to be interesting Mm. at Levi Stadium. It looks like there's going to be a lot of rain in the Bay Area, which doesn't help Geno Smith when if he is going to have to pass the ball, if this run defense is going to perform in the same way it has all season, taking Kenneth Walker out of the game. And I think that in terms of form right now, you have two teams who couldn't be coming into it in different form. Uh, You know, Seattle just... Got and beaten the Rams, but and beaten the Jets before that, but they weren't necessarily convincing performances and they weren't exactly difficult opposition. Seattle are one and seven against the spread in their last eight. San Francisco is seven and one against the spread in their last eight as well. And the 49ers have been so impressive this season. I think it has gone slightly under the radar, especially when mm. going against teams that don't have elite passing defenses. They are 12 and two against the spread versus teams allowing a completion percentage of 61% or worse this season. Seahawks allow a 
percent completion percentage, which actually is pretty good on the season. Their secondary's played a lot better than expected with Tariq Woolen, the rookie, obviously having an exceptional season. But at the same time, I do think you're going up against a team with so many weapons. Brock Purdy just says the same thing, it seems, in every press conference week in, week out. People ask him, is NFL easier than college? And he goes, I don't wouldn't necessarily say that. But at the same mm-hmm. time, when you put George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Christian <laughs> right. McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell... Trent Williams all around me. Then, and one of the best defenses in the business. And one of the best defenses <laughs> in the business. Then I think, uh, honestly, it probably is a little bit easier. I mean, he's not an idiot. When you have some of the best players in the NFL around you, then you are going to have, and obviously one of the best play callers as well, you're going to have success. And I think one of the most impressive performances or the best sign for Brock Purdy this season, although it wasn't the best 49ers game, was that shootout against Jarrett Stedham and the Raiders because mm-hmm. everyone was wondering what happens if the 49ers defense doesn't play to the level that we've seen them throughout the season. Can Brock Purdy go toe-to-toe and get involved in a shootout? And he was able to do that, and he came out on top as well. So I think everything is pointing in the direction of a 49ers win for sure. Nine and a half is obviously a big uh, spread to cover, but at the same Mm. time, it's below 10. And I think in this situation, I think the defense are balling to the level that they will be able to restrain the Seahawks once again. I do think... As much as I'm so happy for Geno Smith, I'm so happy Mm. for Pete Carroll, I'm so happy for Kenneth Walker, I'm so happy for this team and the success they've had this season in the face of so much doubt. But I do think this might be their ceiling. I don't see them going any further than this. And I think the 49ers will win. And I think they'll win relatively comfortable as well, live on TalkSport too. I think they'll cover the spread. I, I think they'll cover as well. Proper, I'm with you on that in, in lockstep. I, they, can't, they won't be able to stop McCaffrey. I mean, just so many elements to them. Eli Mitchell coming back. Kittle, I mean, Kittle, having been written off by everyone, let's face it. I mean, everyone was saying, oh, I mean, he's a shadow of his former self. Seven TDs in the mm-hmm. last four weeks. I mean, uh, on almost every level there, it feels like they are going to, edge or they have the edge rather on pretty much every matchup you look at it is a a brilliant story as we said Seattle getting this far you know and also I think Gino's play has been underestimated because people look at the completion percentage which is the highest in the NFL I think he's number one in terms of completion percentage that was very much how he played his ball in college as well he was very much an efficient player but with a big arm right he has an arm on him and isn't a dink and dunk attritional um, Chad Pennington kind of vibe going on here. This is, he can hit the deep ball. They're middle of the pack, I think, for 20 plus and 40 plus. That They have that that dangerous element to them, the sucker punch to them. Obviously with Ken Walker, they can establish a ground game and have that duality. It could get interesting. But I just think this particular matchup, as you alluded to right at the top, Propo, is a bad one for them. And I think nine and a half, I'm taking the 49ers uh, to cover. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I just think it is the end of the road for the Seattle Seahawks this season. I think they'll be significantly better next season. They've got an attractive place now for free agents to go to. They've got a lot of cap space and obviously they've got um, draft picks for days as well because of the Denver Broncos and what they gave up to the Seattle yeah. uh, Seahawks for Russell Wilson. So they will Gino's be getting paid, smart. right? They're, yeah, Gino's going to get he'll, he'll get re-upped, and then they will they'll be there or thereabouts again. I think this feels like it is an organization that is going in the right direction as opposed to great. They got to the playoffs now. It'll be a few few years in the wilderness. So I think 
Uh, happy days ahead for the Hawks. And it's great to see Pete Carroll rejuvenated. I just wanted to keep on coaching uh, for the next decade, at least, Pete. I want oh, Pete to be coaching into his 80s. He'll still look like he's about 52 years old. Have you seen the video of him on a scooter? No, I want to see the video. Oh, it's scooter. brilliant. So there's a video I think it was released by like the Seahawks intern. It's got like Gino doing like the gritty... You've got vet load. It looks like a scene out of the office, to be completely honest with you. It does look very much like David Brent coming around the corner on a scooter. But How dare you compare the great Pete Carroll to David Brent? How dare you? Watch the video and you'll oh, understand. I mean, going around, yeah, going around the Seattle office on a scooter with Geno Smith, who what is in his 30s doing the gritty, the whole scene looked mm. very much like Dwight and... Um, <laughs> David Brent. <laughs> I, love I love it. All right. So join us, as Propo says, nine o'clock. Talk Sport 2 on Saturday night. Right. Next up, Jags Chargers. Game of the weekend. Game of the weekend. Uh, yeah, game of the weekend because then Bucks Cowboys on a Monday. So I think, yeah, game. Mm. But I still think this is going to be a great game. Tightest spread of the weekend, right? It's uh, not quite yeah. a pick'em, but what is it? Two. two. So yeah. Two points, the Chargers are narrow favourites on the road, of course, with Jacksonville, despite having an inferior record, winning the South. So that crazy playoff quirk. Are they going to scrap that soon? Divisional, it should just be based on record, shouldn't it? Divisional winners still getting the home field advantage. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I do think so. I completely forgot the Tampa were at home to Dallas as well. I completely yeah. forgot about yeah. that. It is crazy when you think about it. Like when how much better Dallas have been this season compared to Tampa Bay. It makes absolutely no sense. So I do agree with you. They should probably get rid of that. But then I guess it's the NFL. There's a lot of different things they need to change. There are many which we'll say for the offseason, Propo. With this game, the total is 47 and a half. Mm-hmm. So expecting a kind of mid-range kind of shootout in the Monday NFL with a, with a line like that. And you can understand why, because playmakers on both sides, fragility defensively on both sides. The Chargers run D is the weak link, of course. And that is why I picked out when me and J-Bell were talking about it over on that show. Each of us picked a player to key in on Super Wildcard Weekend. And I went, Travis Etienne, because I think he could be instrumental in this game. If they can get him burning through that, what are the charges? Bottom five run D, he's averaging over five a clip. Taking care of business on the ground, I think it's going to be fundamental. If they can do that, establish that, I think the Jags have got a fantastic shot of putting up 25, 28. Then suddenly that total becomes very appealing. Is it going to be enough to get the job done? I'm leaning Jags in this game, even though I know the Chargers have got a lot of key pieces back. What's the status of Mike Williams? That's obviously going to be critical. So Mike Williams and Joey Bosa are both uh, doubtful going into the weekend, but it doesn't seem like there's any actual information as to whether or not they're going to play. They'll probably keep it relatively quiet to keep Jacksonville guessing as well up until the moment that they have to announce who is active. I still don't understand why Brandon Staley was playing Mike Williams in that game last week. Yeah. And Brandon Staley, he's weird, Brandon Staley, because he's like, I mean, I'm, I've been relatively critical of him all season. Mm. Um, you hate him more than Zach Taylor. No, no. Well, Zach Taylor, I have to say, has completely pulled it around for me. I still, there's still certain aspects of his coaching that I criticize and still think is uh, not quite up to standard of what the Cincinnati Bengals team is. But at the same time, like his leadership qualities are next to none. So I, I'm happy for Zach Taylor. I will not Is that be basically only... like me, even though there are deficiencies with my Drew Locks of the week, my leadership qualities are second to none. No, it's nothing like <laughs> you at all. Uh, I can't believe you even made that comparison to be completely Unbelievable. Gutted. <laughs> I'm actually, listeners, it's been fun. I'm Coco <laughs> Pebbles, they get the call now. <laughs> 
Uh, no, I was trying to think of a comparison for Brandon Staley because it's really interesting because he's mm. his some of his head coaching decisions are bizarre. For example, like playing Mike Williams in that mm. game last week or putting any of his injury prone wide receivers in a position to uh, get injured when they had nothing to play for. And he has some of his decisions like fourth down decisions, some of his play calling offensively mm. is all uh, a little bit what's well, just bizarre to be completely honest with you, but then he is an incredible defensive minded coach, you know, some mm. of his defensive schemes are absolutely sensational and he does have the capability to shut down high powered offenses, which this Jacksonville Jaguars one is at this moment in time. And if, even if you um, kind of factor in last week and that poor performance from Lawrence. So he's what weird. About week daily. three though. I mean, and, and this is interesting because of course, Peterson has gone on record uh, and talked about that week three game, 38-10 was the final. And Peterson, of course, has been asked about that repeatedly. They're different, we're different. Sure, it was, well, <laughs> do the maths 15 weeks ago. Um, and looking at the injuries in that game, actually. So Herbert was playing, but he was banged up. That mm-hmm. didn't have Keen and Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, it was an absolute blowout. And defensively underpinning, I think, the shortcomings of of this. I mean, this Chargers defense has got plenty of talent on it, but they, they, as we said, they can't stop the run. And I'm looking at, I'm just looking at the box score here. Okay, Lawrence had a pretty decent, three touchdowns and a couple of hundred and 200 and change. Okay, so it was a good Lawrence when he was still in that kind of one week on, one week off kind of Trevor Lawrence phase, mm. right? How much stock are you putting into that? Is it Way back when, don't give a damn, or are you thinking mm, we need to look, key in on that a little bit more? Um, I think it's a little bit of both, but I would say it's a little bit more way back when than I'm keying in on a little bit more. Like, I don't think you can read too much into it. It was one of those sort of freak games. I don't think mm. there's going to be many situations where Jackson will go on the road and beat anyone 38-10, let alone the Los Angeles Chargers. I think Los Angeles Chargers obviously had a better record than Jacksonville throughout the season. The Jacksonville Jaguars mm-hmm. are fortunate to be in the playoffs considering their form, especially after that game. I mean, Jacksonville went on, what, a five-game losing streak after that game mm. um, and barely looked like they were going to make the playoffs. So the Chargers have definitely been the better team throughout the season. But I think at this moment, with the way that Jacksonville playing, with the way that Trevor Lawrence is playing, um, I think it's a bit ridiculous that they're, considering they're at home, that they're not favourites, or at least mm. it's a pick I think the fact they're getting two points is enough for me to take them in this situation because, as you said, they should be able to control the clock. If Travis Etienne is able to get going, he's been sensational this season. I also think Trevor Lawrence will be able to get going on the ground as well. I think the Chargers secondary is playing well. Derwin James returning has been massive for them. But at the same time, it's not just Christian Kirk that Trevor Lawrence is now going to. He's managed to get Zay Jones in the mix, who has been one of his favourite targets in the end zone. Evan Ingram over the middle and short yardage gains has been brilliant. So this passing game has got several uh, sort of components to it now. And it's not necessarily as one dimensional as it was with Christian Kirk earlier in the season. And I think these two teams will go toe to toe. I don't think these two teams are necessarily complete teams, but I think that they're both good enough um, to put on a show. I'm not necessarily that convinced by the total. I don't know the total. I'm not quite there yet. That's probably going to be a decision that I make closer to the time, depending on whether Mike Williams plays. I think if Mike Williams plays, I'll be much more inclined to go on the over. But Mm. if not, I think I could see this Chargers offense struggling because they're not necessarily good at getting the run going. Yes, obviously Austin Eckler had that huge game a couple of weeks ago, but at the same time, 
Jacksonville managed to stop Derrick Henry. They've been one of the better teams against the run all season. Yes, their secondary is weak, which doesn't lend itself well to a matchup with Justin Herbert. Mm. But at the same time, if they take away Austin Eckler on the ground, if they take away Austin Eckler as a pass catcher as well, which they're also exceptional at defending against, that is a big part of this offense for the LA Chargers. And if they've only got Keenan Allen to throw to, outside if Mike uh, Mike Williams is injured. And I think Jacksonville can have quite a lot of success defensively. So I'm leaning towards Jacksonville. I think this number might go back up to two and a half because I think Mm -hmm. people will come in on the Chargers because of the fact they've had the better record, because of the fact that they never really play home games anyway because of their stadium situation. So the Mm. fact that they're away shouldn't have that much of an impact. But yeah, I like, I'm with you. I think Etienne should have a big game. He's already had, uh, what, five over 100 yards in the past 11. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two weeks ago, he had 108 yards on nine carries against Houston. Houston are sort of ranked the same in terms of allowing yards per carry of five plus uh, as the Chargers. So just looking at those two comparisons, you would expect Etienne and this team to have a lot of success. So I'm with you. I think the Jaguars should be able to cover the spread. I think they're probably, if you're going to push me, I'd pick them to win this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm money line. I'm definitely taking the Jags on this. I'm going to take the over if Williams plays, as you've made that point. Yeah. I love the over. I'm not going to get call it my Drew Lock of the week because of that doubt. And I don't want to call it here now, Thursday. What are we? Wednesday night. Um, but if he plays, I'm I'm in on the over as well, uh, 47 and a half. So going to take a fair amount of action on that game. Next up, proper your Bengals. You must be pretty confident, quietly confident. You're going to take care of this comfortably. Certainly Vegas thinks so. Seven point favorites, that always difficult number. What's the latest on, I mean, that's assuming Lamar doesn't play, right? Who knows? Who literally knows this point? I think that's assuming, I think that line is Tyler Huntley playing. I think if it's Brown, it goes back up to 10 and a half, 11. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, if it's Lamar it's Jackson. Lamar goes I think to four and a half? It, yeah, do you know what? It probably would go to four and a half, maybe even five, five and a half, because of the mm. fact he hasn't played in so long and you're walking straight into mm. a playoff atmosphere, away from home, divisional game. Yes, he's already seen them this season and managed to get the win, I think, what, back in sort of week five, week six. Mm. But, you wouldn't expect him to be able to get that much success going up against a stout Cincinnati Bengals defense, especially against the run. They haven't been able to get anything going in the passing game all season, even when he was there outside of connections to Mike, Mark Andrews. I don't know. I don't think this number would change that much if Lamar Jackson is playing, because what are you really expecting from him when he's been out all season? Are you going to be, are you expecting him going in a playoff game, divisional matchup to walk into Cincinnati and be able to replicate the form we've seen him portray at the peak of his career now? Just stepping in and stepping up. To, yeah. I mean, it's a heavy reach to, to yeah. do that. But having said that, if we're talking about, on one hand, quarterbacks that could come in from an injury and be game-changing or make a game-changing play if it is a tight game, of course, he would be in the mix there. So the question is, if the Ravens could keep it tight, even if he's not anywhere close to 100%, turning on a dime... 60% Lamar pulling off on third and eight, a 34-yard scramble for sure. But I just don't think they're going to be able to keep it close and the Bengals are going to tear it up. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, but the Ravens' defense has been really impressive over the sort of past sort of five, six weeks, and they've already demonstrated what they can do to the Cincinnati team. Last week, Cincinnati, I think, were... Um, looked better than they played because of the score, because of the way mm-hmm. the defense played, because of the turnovers. I think the mm-hmm. Ravens turned the ball over four times. They obviously had that very fortunate touchdown in the end zone. Cincinnati didn't actually have as much success on offense as the score would 
suggest Cincinnati mm. were 5 for 15 on third down last week. And the Ravens' defense, mm. especially since Rokon Smith has come in, has and now been he's exceptional. Got paid. And now he's got paid, exactly. The Ravens have held Brady, Josh Allen, and Dalton to one touchdown pass. I like the way I've added Andy Dalton in there, just for a little bit of respect <laughs> to nice. the uh, Ginger Love Ninja. That. In fact, in 10 of the last 11 games, Baltimore has given up one or fewer touchdown passes. The Ravens' defense is allowing an average of 12 points per game since week 13. And yes, they've gone up against some weak offenses, but mm. still you can't underestimate how impressive that is. And I think they're also going up against a team that they know very well, that they've literally seen a week ago. But ultimately, I still think this Bengals team is going to win because of the fact that their defense should be able to stunt this Ravens offense. So I will, it's a shame because I got it at 43 and a half earlier in the week, but it has oh, here gone we go. down now to 42. But yeah, I will be taking the under as my Drew Lock of the week. For... Is that your Drew Lock? The under's King of Plumpton. What at, What are we calling it then? At, 42. 42, okay. That's what uh, I've got it at now. That's what I can see it at, which is a shame because I've got it at so much better earlier in the week. But obviously it's still Wednesday night and it's very early. I mean, that number could get bet down. Mm. There it seems to be a lot of cash coming in on the under for that exact reason. It's a low mm. number, similar to last week. So there is that concern that if there's a kickoff return on the first play that I might be scratching my <laughs> head once again. And that will be smiling at one in the morning watching that game. But if the be. Bengals win, again, it's like I don't necessarily want to take the Bengals in this situation because I think it should be a tight divisional game. I don't want to take mm-hmm. Baltimore because I don't want to be kind of conflicted when I'm watching this game, but at this, I think the under is the right play. I think the Bengals win this sort of 2014, 2017 is my, is my expectation. I think. So you like the Ravens to cover as well then? I think I probably do to be completely honest with you, just because as much as obviously Cincinnati are at home, they've been very impressive. I just think that this is not necessarily the best matchup. And I think this Ravens defense is excellent and it is the real deal so yes i know obviously last year you had joe burrow absolutely torching jamar uh torching the ravens defense with jamar chase doing so but it's a different year it's mm. a different team and this defense has had to work incredibly hard and perform at such a high level to get this team to the playoffs to get this team over the line without lamar being back and i think that they're being slightly underappreciated going into the playoffs and i think mm. it's always a little bit uh scary when you've got a unit, especially that feels like they're being underappreciated or they're being slept on going into the playoffs. So I think the Ravens could have some success. But yeah, the under will be my preferred pick this week. couple of things on this. Uh, Joe Mixon is going to get lit up, presumably, by Rokon Smith, are we saying? Or, I mean, who is going to, after Mixon's end zone shenanigans, he's going to be a marked man, isn't he? Yeah, I would expect so. And I think... <laughs> That's the thing is it's just one of those situations where I think this defense is going to be as motivated as ever been. Jamar Chase has always taken the piss out of this Ravens defense because of the success he's had against them as well. So Mm. it's a dangerous, dangerous uh, game to be playing. And I know that we've just gone on about Seattle, San Francisco and how we expect San Francisco to cover that big spread against a team. They've already played twice this season, but I think the Ravens just have more talent, especially on that defense to be able to take advantage of the fact that they've already seen a lot of the Cincinnati Bengals this season. Uh, what's T Higgins injury status? It's a hip injury, isn't it? Uh... Yeah, it looks like he is trending in the right direction of playing. So I think that one shouldn't be too much of a concern. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if he doesn't play, that would have a major impact but i think higgins should be able to play but yeah if he doesn't that could be a bit of a nightmare have you seen who the rule of the jungle is going to be for the game no the great tj hujman zada is ruler of the jungle 
one of the all-time greats, right? I mean, that's TJ alone, his presence in the building is gonna gonna be worth at least three points, right? It is, but the I mean, does he want to play in our offensive line? <laughs> Considering how great his blocking was back in the day, because obviously it doesn't look like Alex Kappa's gonna play. Mm. We've already lost Lyle Collins, so that right side is struggling for the offensive line. And that's another reason why I expect this game to go under. Mm. And I'm pretty scared going into it, not necessarily as confident as uh, I was beforehand. What about the, your Drew Lock of the week or about the game? About the game. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just more it... confident on the Drew Lock or the, or the Bengals winning? The Drew Lock. You're more Ooh. confident about the Drew Lock. Actually, no, the Bengals winning. The Bengals winning. I am. I think I'm more convinced that the Bengals will get over the line because we've got Joey Cool, we've got Joe Shiesty, whatever nickname you want to call him. <laughs> uh, and his fit, you know, going into the week is going to be incredible. You know, you'll see that all over Twitter, all over social media when it gets closer to the game. And I think that we've got money McPherson as well. He hasn't had necessarily the best season, but I think he saves his best for the playoffs as we saw last year. I just think the Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs Every single game last year was a three-point game. I think this mm. is going to be a three-point game again. I think we will win by three points and uh, go on to play either... Who will we play? The Bills, most likely. Uh, well, so... Let's do work that out, actually. So it's going to be the Chiefs, Chargers, or Jags, isn't it? Yeah. And then it's going to be the... Yeah, the most like the Bills. Bills, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be the Bills. So, yeah, I think... I, But I think that we'll, we'll get through the Ravens. I think it'll be a tight, close game, but I think that going into the Bills next week, I expect us to cover that spread, no matter what it is. Uh, I just want to quote uh, your favourite, Zach Taylor, from the Cincinnati Inquirer. When creativity works, it's awesome, <laughs> Taylor said. When it doesn't work, it's disastrous. That I think when creativity works, it's awesome. Should be one of you should adopt that as one of your taglines, proper. It sounds like you've taken that out of AZ Central. To uh, <laughs> yeah. is, is it not? It, it is out of AZ Central. AZ Central pulling the Charlie Goldsmith from Cincinnati Inquirer. <laughs> of course, it's AZ Central. Of course, when it's AZ creativity Central. works, it's awesome. What's that quote uh, in relation to? Uh, the quote is in relation to. Or is it just shoehorned in there? I think it's shoe. I'm just saying, actually. So. I think it's just... He's like one of the least creative coaches there is. The best... Yeah, I'm just trying to... He's talking about what to do in short yardage situations near the goal line. Was the Oh, uh, okay, there. fine. So when creativity works, it's awesome. So basically, um, when when you score touchdowns on short yardage games, short yardage plays at the goal line, it's awesome. And yeah. basically, when it doesn't... When you don't score touchdowns, it sucks. Yeah. That is essentially the, yeah. the, the summary. Exactly right. Either way, when the lights are, when the lights are bright, the stars will shine. Stars Speaking will shine. of stars shining. What an, entr- what an entrance. What, an, what entrance. an entrance. Crystal Collins is in the house. And that says that he doesn't want me to call you Crystal Collins because it makes you sound like a stripper. I said it, <laughs> it makes you sound like you danced at the glass slipper in New Orleans, which is a, an establishment I would like to point out that Mike Carson had an undue amount of interest in when we did a game in New Orleans once. <laughs> I had to drag him past security before he tried to get us roped into all kinds of shenanigans there. Uh, Crystal Tom, how are you, bud? Good to see you. Yeah. Yeah, and look, I'm great. And thank you for putting me live on this podcast. It makes a change rather than me trying to sound interested via the voice recordings every week. <laughs> that always sound, I think our listeners would uh, beg to differ that you're always that interesting given how sharp your picks have been, putting me and Propo to shame. So it's great to have you on in living color. We have already picked uh, the 49ers Seahawks, which is our live game on TalkSport 2, of course. Jags, Chargers, and 
just caught the tail end there, popped up as we were talking Ravens-Bengals. Out of those three games, got any uh, got any particular favourites, particular uh, leanings? Well, I love the 49ers. I think they're the best team in the NFC by some considerable margin this year. Brock Purdy's been doing it well since he's come in for Jimmy Garoppolo, um, obviously a Trey Lance as well. Um, I, I think the spread is fine for the 49ers. What are they, nine-point favourites? Nine, nine and a half. half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, I, we, I think that's fine. That. Yeah, we like what, that. You both fancy 49ers? Both fancy the 49ers to cover, yeah. So that's a yeah, good I, sign if we're all agreeing. Is that a good sign? A very bad sign. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, maybe if I pick the Seahawks, then you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm with you there. I think the Bengals will win their game as well. I think it's going to be close. I think, what, are they seven-point favourites right now? Mm. Yeah, it's a dodgy line, isn't it? No one likes to take seven no matter what. Um, but I, I think the Bengals are the better team. I think they'll win. If you want to take a shorter price, then maybe the money line or tease them to mm. a point, uh, two or three-point favourites. But uh, yeah, I think they'll progress too. Like a tease. And then Jags charges, which is kind of the closest to a pick we've got. Uh, in the Super Wild Card weekend, any any particular feelings about that one? Don't worry if you don't, but it just we, the three games we cover, we thought we'd throw them out. Or have I just shown my hand on your Drew Lock of the week? No, not my Drew Lock just yet, but that is in my uh, Taylor Heineke Yaka, so I'll oh, hold nice. on to it. Okay, all right, all right, we'll keep stum on that until we hit the Taylor Heineke Yaka. Propos given us his uh, Drew Lock of the week. Um, oh, should we roll Tom's next? Let's go with Tom's. Where are you heading? <laughs> Yeah, well, I like to consider myself as the source gardener of SVK Edrush. You know, he's nice. come into a, an American nice. football-based exceptional platform and made an instant impact, 8-3 with the Duran Locks. Uh, so I'm the source of this, uh, this pod. That's what I'm <laughs> no. going by. And clearly sharing sources immodesty as well. By, by <laughs> hey, uh, Propo said to me, talk some smack on this pod. So here I am. I've turned up. <laughs> Loving that. That's the only way you survive around here. Don't worry about it. I'm not mentioning your record, Nat. Don't worry. Good pick last week. Though. Good pick last week. Thank you, yeah, bud. You Two in a row. Week. So wait, hold on. Are we doing? Is it hmm. Crystal Source Tom Collins, or is it Tom Crystal what? Source Collins? Like, oh, what? what how? Where, where are we going with this? <laughs> how many Crystal, nicknames can one man have? Yeah, Tom <laughs> the Crystal Source Collins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll hopefully carry on with the Drew Locks uh, going into the playoffs. And you know, the 49ers, I was so close to picking them because, as we've been talking about on SBK Address Extra. I just love this team, and I think they're going to progress and, and win another game decisively on a hot streak. But there was another team that's on a hot streak, also playing in the wildcard weekend, and that is the Buffalo Bills. Mm. Now, before I get into the reasoning of why I'm taking the Buffalo Bills, minus 13, and yes, Mm -hmm. minus 13, on the train journey home, obviously I'm sat at home right now, you can't see that if you're listening to the pod, but I was in the office today and I was doing my study for uh, this podcast and I saw the Buffalo Bills were nine-point favourites and I was thinking, God, I'm all over that. I cannot get enough of the nine-point favoritism. And then I saw an ESPN notification pop up on my phone and say, Tua Tango-Bailoa ruled out of the game, checked the spread, it turned to 13 points. So I'm a bit disappointed by that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's just logistics. And when we're filming Wednesday afternoon, um, and I'm still keen to take the Buffalo Bills with a 13-point handicap. Now, the reason for that is not only are the Buffalo Bills firing right now, but Miami, I don't think, are going to show up against this defense. And the reasons for that, again, Tua Tungvalo is out, three concussions. Teddy Bridgewater, injured, not going to start. And that leaves you with Skylar Thompson. He played two, started two games for Miami this year. He's thrown one touchdown, three interceptions. During that time, he's played adequately, adequately enough, obviously, to get to the playoffs. Last week, we saw that against the Jets. But he hasn't been overly promising, in my opinion. And if you look back at his collegiate uh, time with Kansas State, Again, he was, he was a guy who always threw the ball well. He found his receivers. 
those five and outs, the ten and in routes, he was always there on the money with the ball. But he wasn't that guy that would shine. He has no real speed from the pocket. If he if there's a gap in front of him, he's not surging through like Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray. He's a guy that's uh, gonna go to four yards and slide. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's a four yard and slide man. Um, and also, he's not the best pocket passer. So I think with Skyler, you're probably going to struggle to put up a big amount of points. We saw that again last week at the Jets, putting up just nine. And this Buffalo defense is decent. You know, they don't have Sauce Gardner, but at the same time, they're very good with Jordan Poyer, <laughs> etc. Um, and as well as Skyler Thompson, you've also got injuries to other players in the offense, key players. Raheem Mostert, injured. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, clearly carrying injuries for the last mm. part of this season. I'm two of the best wide receivers in the league, right? So they're going to still perform. They're going to still get open on plays. But at the same time, you can just see with their route running that they're not as sharp as they should be. Mm. Jalen Waddle keeps hobbling off the field. Tyreek Hill last week we saw wasn't able to play every single down. And with all those injuries against this defense, I really think Miami are going to struggle to put up points. Meanwhile, you've got Buffalo who have won the last seven games. Their defense is getting healthier. Serious talent on offense with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox, James Cook. I could keep going. Uh, and they've also scored 30 or more points in six of their last seven games. If they do that again, surely they just whitewash this Miami Dolphins uh, team who are not going to put up anywhere near 30 points, in my opinion. So as I say, look, I was super keen on Bills minus nine, but I'll definitely take them with a 13-point handicap as well. Okay. I mean, it is a compelling argument from Crystal Tom. He makes a great point, many great points, but yeah, covering that game as, as we did, uh, or rather in the studio last week and watching uh, the, the Dolphins game. I was, I was obviously watching that Dolphins Jets game keenly as it was my Drew Locke. Yeah. Both Hill and Waddle mm, banged up for sure. That is a concern. I, I hear the argument. Crystal Tom has spoken. I still think it's generous. I think it's generous to the Bills. I'm going to be on the Finns. I'm going to be on the Finns plus 13. I'm happy to be differentiated there. I'm going to take Miami to at least keep it competitive. They're not going to, McDonough's not going to allow a blowout. Tyreek Cheat is going to come to the party. I can feel it. All right. So, oh, that- God, who do I side with? Tom <laughs> yeah. on that. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. But that isn't my Drew Lock of the week. My Drew Lock of the week is a team much like me based on the last 30 seconds that doesn't get enough respect around here. <laughs> this is a team that is going into the playoffs with nobody giving them a shot, realistic shot of making the Super Bowl. Yet, as we've seen, the NFC is wide open. The 49ers, as I think we've both, uh, all three of us touched on on the show, probably the most compelling out of the runners and riders, but it is a wide open field. We've got the Dallas Cowboys playing the Buccaneers. That ostensibly could be a pick as well. You could put an argument for both to get it done and uh, neither convincing uh, at all. The field is wide open and the Minnesota Vikings are coming into it up against a team much like the Seattle Seahawks that we talked about proper at the top of the show, punching way above their weight this season. And it's brilliant to see but they're going to run out of gas the New York Giants against the Vikings. The Vikings three point favorite, a three point favorites for this game, I think is wildly underestimating them. I think Minnesota will be playing these playoffs with a real chip on their shoulder because they are not being taken seriously. I love Minnesota in this spot. Minus three difficult number. I don't care. That is my Drew Lock of the week. Fellas, what do you think? I was honestly going to predict that I thought one of you two was going to take the Minnesota Vikings at minus three as the Ooh. Drew Lock. So I think it is it makes sense. And I think it it 
I understand it. I think the Giants obviously had done incredibly similar to the Seattle Seahawks, where you feel like they've done incredibly to get to this point. But I do think it's unlikely they do get to divisional round against this Vikings team. My only fear. Here we go. I genuinely think that will be a push. I genuinely think, I mean, the last time these two teams played, what, a couple of weeks ago, the Vikings won by three points. If it was two and a half, I would take the Vikings in a heartbeat. If it was three and a half, I'd probably take the Giants. I think Mm. this is going to be a three-point game, and the Vikings keep every single game close. What is it? They've broken the record for the most one-score victories. Yeah, 11 in a season. And I think this will be another one of those. I think my only fear for them is the offensive line injuries. I think it's important to keep an eye on those, but their offensive line hasn't looked the same in the past couple of weeks. But the Giants don't necessarily have the greatest pass rush. I think Saquon Barkley will be able to get going on the ground for the Giants. I think there'll be points in this game. I think the Giants will be able to put up points. And I also think the Vikings will be able to put up points. That being said, yeah, I like it as a pick. I think the Vikings are going to win this game, but I honestly, if you hacked up, like put a gun to my head, I'd probably say the Vikings are going to win by three. What are you saying, Crystal Tom? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm basically emulating exactly what Propo is saying. I don't want to sound like a parrot, but again, if it was a two point uh, swing, two and a half point swing to the Vikings, I'd be all over them again. I'm not completely against them with a three point handicap either. But when these two teams did face off uh, a couple of weeks back, the Giants had 445 yards total offense. So they can easily move the ball on the Vikings. Meanwhile, Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson absolutely had a field day for the Vikings. So I do think there are points, much like Propo said there. I think the Giants are going to put up points, but God, can the Giants really make it to the divisional round? Probably not. I think the Vikings win. Yeah, and don't forget Adam Thielen coming back to the party as well. He got in on the action last week and uh, he is timing it right as well. The ground game. J-Bell made the point on our show that Saquon's rested. He compared him to a track star, a sprinter and, you know, extra week of rest with his legs he could come out swinging as well but and look Dable's gonna have him up for it but I like I, like I say I'm staying with that narrative underrated underestimated Minnesota I think they win certainly they cover the spread so I like that that is my Drew Lock of the week right Let's most importantly t- new feature no a brand new feature propo exactly do you want to tee yeah. it up uh well I think the name we'll get to in a minute, but I think first we'll just explain <laughs> what the new feature is on the brilliant SBK app. Yes, indeed. Our partnership all season long, of course, here on SBK Edge Rush meant that we'd be chatting with the fellas quite a lot. And we thought, okay, we're going to get to the playoffs. We're going to up our game collectively in terms of our picks. Yeah, I'm looking uh, with my hand raised in the mirror right now. But hey, that's why I'm rolling into Super Wildcard Weekend on a two-game tear. We thought, okay, what can we do to add a little bit of extra to the SPK output. And Tom Collins, you have come up with a masterstroke. Tell our listeners all about it. Yes, we've got bet builders going right now. Uh, What are we going to call it properly? Go on, you came up with the name. I'll let you spill the beans. (laughs) It was either going to be the David Blau bet builder, so like the Blau bet builder, or we go with the bet blouder. Bet blouder, definitely. (laughs) Bet Blouder, 100%. No, 100%. no other podcast is saying the Bet Blouder, so we're going for it. Bet Blouder, it fits perfectly with everything else on the show that we've got a name to. But what was the first one? The David Blau Bet Builder. Bet builder yeah, well, it's just the Blau Bet Builder, I guess <laughs> what it is. Because we have like the Baker's Bowl pick. We have uh, Heineke yeah, okay. Acker. So, you know, like I thought we'd go along with that. And the okay. Bet Blouder, you know, 
branding and everything. You don't want to change the natural name. You know, you've got to think about the business side of things now. Come on. Ah, smart. That's, that's yeah, why yeah. the brains, the operation, uh, Crystal Tom. But the Crystal's Bet actually promised me that next season they're going to officially change it to the Bet Blouder, even for like football, cricket. <laughs> yeah, everything. People have no idea. Cost the what whole company. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All because of, all because of SPK Edge. I love yeah. it. All right. So the Bet Blouder is a Bet Builder. Okay. Love that. So, so just to simplify this, listeners can hop on. Uh, head on over to SPK and they can put their own bet builds for any game, any of the NFL wildcard games, right? Yes, exactly that. So you can have a look at all the NFL wildcard games. We have bet builder option. Just download the SPK app. There are plenty of uh, markets that you can add to your bet builder. And if you don't know what a bet builder is right now, then instead of placing a single one, say, you know, Dallas Cowboys minus 2.5 um, against the spread, like we've talked about in the other games, you can add that selection as well as the winner selection, the over under, and it comes up with an accumulative odds and you place your bet that way. So I think uh, the best game to talk about for the bet blouder is the Dallas v Tampa game, right? I think it makes sense. And just to be clear on this, that you can pick anything you want, uh, or you can take the propo version of the bet bladder, which automatically just puts the under in as the first part, <laughs> and then you just add to that after that point. Okay, so yeah, we're going Tampa Bay Dallas, which is Monday Night Football. Uh, take it away. What are you looking at? Yeah, well, I thought bet builder, you, you know, or bet bladder, sorry, you have to come up with numerous selections, some of which are confident, some of which you add in sometimes to boost the accumulative odds because. You know, if you're just taking two selections, you don't want to be really taking two or three to one because mm. otherwise you might as well just play the single in some occasions. So what I thought I'd do was come up with my most confident pick to kick this off. And that is, much like you just touched on there, the under. I really love the under in this matchup between Dallas and Tampa. The line is set at 45 and a half. So mm. bearing in mind, you're chucking in a 10 to 11 selection here, starting that bet louder. Solid start. Um, yeah, perfect start. Now, I think this game, you, you can easily come up with a solution of, you know, there's going to be lots of points. This could determine, that uh, could be determined by quarterback play, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady. Are they going to go hammer and tongs, touchdown after touchdown? I don't really come down with that narrative. I think this game is going to be revolving around the run um, mm. and how the, both teams are going to establish it to get play action involved, especially Dallas. The last couple of weeks, especially last week, they were pretty terrible. So I think they'll want to be getting Zeke and Tony Pollard rolling early on. Um, meanwhile, Tampa, Tom Brady's not been playing like Tom Brady this year, has he? He's shown a bit of age, but at the same time, his wide receivers have been dropping the ball a fair bit. So he hasn't had the help out wide either. As I say, the line is 45 and a half. I think that's pretty high. I think this game figures to be around 24, 20 or 2017 and therefore the under will hit. Yeah, I like that. And I know Propo will be uh, in full agreement with that. And particularly just on that Dallas ground game leaning on that because Dak has been errant with the ball and forcing issues and uncharacteristically so I think in terms of the the volume of uh, interceptions he's thrown leading the NFL of course there I think for various reasons they're going to try and establish that ground game and I'm not sure how much success they're going to have with that because the, I think this Tampa D is a good is a, in terms of Tampa Bay it's a good matchup their D against this Dallas ground game uh which actually has got me thinking about maybe I might be leaning Tampa full stop in this game. But yeah, the under certainly, I think it's a smart play. Propo, I'm guessing your thumbs, double thumbs up on that. Yeah, I actually, to be honest with you, I'm a little bit uh, confused by this game. I was actually loving Tampa Bay at plus three initially, mm. but obviously the move down to two and a half is critical. And I also mm. think that people are probably overreacting to that loss to Washington last week and how bad the Cowboys looked. I think they probably will return to somewhat of their sort of mid-season form with Dak. Uh, in this game but at the same time Tampa Bay are getting healthy at the right time aren't they and Tom Brady has just been I mean you say he's been showing his age in terms of some of his performances but I mean they're making him throw 
yeah. insane amounts. Like Tom, aren't, aren't you like exactly the same age as Tom Brady? Me and Brady, there's so many comparisons, so many parallels, <laughs> and that is just one me or one of them. Yeah, and imagine if we made you, considering how badly you've done making like four picks a show. Like, imagine if we made you like make like twenty seven <laughs> picks a show. You know, well, like, like like we established earlier on, really want to deep dive into the totality of picks on the show before you get too cocky, Mister Cocky Cockerson, <laughs> because I think you'll find that smug smile proper will be wiped off your face. There was but no I need to bring this back to me. We're just making a point about Brady. I, I was just using a... you as an analogy. Yeah, okay? sh- it's an analytical sure. football point. First now. thing you came up with. Yeah. First thing you came up with. <laughs> hey, I don't think Brady's been. Uh, well, actually, do you think Brady plays next season? Yeah, the question we've been asking every year for the last 20 years virtually. Uh, do you think Brady's got, I think he bounces out of Tampa into one more gig? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think certainly think, yeah, yeah, I think that as well. What most likely spot? That's Green a really Bay. good chat. No, I, I can't <laughs> see him in Green Bay. You know what? Oh, if he does join Green Bay, I'll be fully behind him, but. At this mm. point in time, I'm not a TB12 fan. Just from all the years of that domination from the Patriots, God, he's it, it got to me. He's he got to, inside you, me, yeah. You'd buy and a Brady joined. jersey the moment, <laughs> the day he signed, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, we, we'll keep that We'd on the down low. Yeah. We'd buy you one. Okay, so we're, let's get back to We're talking, so the under. Yes, the under back selection the one. The yeah, my, my second selection, before hopefully yourself or proper has one selection to add to this, maybe the winner or a spread uh, edition. My second selection for the bet blouder mm-hmm. is over 3.5 field goals. Now you're getting around mm-hmm. 11 to 10. I think that's a good price to add into the bet blouder. Now, as I say, I think this game's going to revolve around the run, uh, how well both teams are going to establish it. And sometimes I think on third down, they're going to be playing safe, just get points on the board. And if this turns into a 2017 matchup or something similar, I think we're going to see plenty of kicks from Ryan Suckup and Brett Maher. Ryan Suckup's done really well so far this season with efficiency. Um, in his field goal kicking, aside from 50-plus yard field goals, where he's only two from seven. But if you go be- uh, below 50 yards, he's only missed two field goals all season. Meanwhile, Brett Maher can kick them from anywhere. I think he k- could kick them from his own 20-yard line. He's got such a big leg. So um, I think the field goal uh, option for the Bet Blouder is definitely the way to play here. And it adds a nice price as well. You're not getting uh, below evens. You're getting above evens with this selection. Mm. What about, Tom, if you add Bucks plus three and a half to that Bet Blouder? So I think me and Nat would both be pretty mm-hmm. happy with that. I'm we? happy with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be yeah, plus three and a half, currently around four to six. I think that's a decent price, to be fair. Tease in the bucks. Uh, currently the yeah. over-under around two and a half favorite, uh, two and a half underdogs, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think it's just giving us, buying ourselves an extra point, considering they're already getting the, the, the extra juice from the other picks in the bet blouder. I think that could work out pretty well. Love that. Love that. That's our addition to the bet blouder. So there we go. That sounds pretty tidy. We'll, we'll uh, roll that out. Uh, the uh, SBK Edge Rush, very first, kicking off the bet blouder. Uh, we got something we're going to roll. Are we going to keep this beyond the playoffs as well? Is, is it now going to be a staple of the NFL uh, NFL output? Am I going to get you in trouble by asking? <laughs> well, that's the bet blouder. How can you turn down a bet? How can we turn it? How can well? I think Propo's actually already applied it across the entire SBK state. So there's no looking back now. So I'm looking forward to that. We'll add that from here on in. So we've now got. The Taylor Heineke Acker, our Drew Locks, the Bet Blouder, Propos Prop Bets of the Week. Let's take care of those next. The Propo Prop Bets of the Week. Let's hear them. Yeah, so we had the incentive week last week and it worked out pretty well. I think it came out just about above profit, but uh, there was just Isaiah McKenzie who didn't hit his over yardage, but the likes of Evan Ingram and uh can't remember who the other one was now, but he did. But sadly, we <laughs> didn't get those 10 extra Apple reviews. So I will go 
without pay for this season, sadly. Uh, so thanks everyone for well, that. You, I, Notice, Tom, you haven't left a review, you. Tom. Notice you didn't leave a review, Tom, uh, even after I particularly asked one. So just going <laughs> to. I think Tom did. I think Tom's the guy that left the review. The sharps fade, Nat Coops. <laughs> <laughs> I, I left my review under Tom. Source, you see, so you might have missed it. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that was actually Source Gardner. I always thought he was a big fan of the show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my prop bets opening up with Trevor Lawrence over 13 and a half rushing yards. We've seen the Chargers struggle against the run all season, as Nat has already pointed out, and they particularly also struggle against mobile QBs. Tua, Mahomes and Kyler Murray all went over this number, and Lawrence, I think, is much better with his legs than the market seems to suggest. So so over 13 and a half rushing yards is good enough for me. I honestly thought this was a mistake, to be completely honest with you. This does align quite well with your uh, Drew Lock of the Week, Nat. But Justin Jefferson is currently at over six and a half receptions is what I'm seeing for prop bets, which, mm. I mean, seems crazy. Yes, okay, he only had four receptions last week against the Bears, but he was not exactly as heavily involved in that game because of the situation where they basically already had the seeding sealed up. And then obviously he had that one reception against the Packers, but that was against Jay Alexander. And I think that was quite sort of a public embarrassment for him. And if anything, I expect him to bounce back in very much a uh, like watched game in this game against the Giants. And the games before that, 12 receptions against the Giants, 12 mm-hmm. receptions against the Colts, 11 receptions against the Lions. Like if you're going to give me over six and a half receptions for Justin Jefferson, when the lights are bright now, the stars will shine, as you know. And I really do expect him to have a uh, big game in this one. And then the final one for this, and I've been tossing and turning because we've discussed how we think the 49ers are going to dominate the Seahawks team. And George Kittle particularly has had a lot of success against them. Christian McCaffrey's had a lot of success against them. But I think you're going to get more value this week because of what we've seen from McCaffrey and Kittle in recent weeks going up against the Seahawks and other teams. I think you're going to get more value on Debo Samuel to score a touchdown. And I think Mm. he's the forgotten piece in this 49ers team. And what you have as an advantage with Debo Samuel is he can either go in on the ground or he can go in. uh, with a reception as well into the end zone. And I think that, People are forgetting just how special of a player this is. There's a reason why the 49ers paid him. And when you've got Kyle Shanahan, I think he is going to be scheming all sorts of ways to get Debo involved in this offense. And I think he should be able to exploit this weak Seattle D, especially on the ground. So I like Debo Samuel to score a touchdown. I haven't got the price just yet, but I think you're going to get more value than the likes of McCaffrey, who I think will be odds on, and Kittle will probably be odds on as Kittle. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Given the rich fader form he's been in, as we talked about a bit earlier on in the show. Lovely stuff, Propo. Uh, get involved in that action. So last, but by no means least, Crystal Tom, the Taylor Heineke Acker for the Super Wildcard Weekend. Which way are you going? Yeah, now I'm going to start this by putting my hands up and kicking myself. What was I doing last week, guys? Putting up stupid Colts uh, in the Taylor Heineke oh, Acker. That was a... I backed it as well, Crystal Tom. I didn't want to bring it up, but seeing as you have, I backed it as well. And it, Oh, it was so, oh my God, I thought they pulled Sorry. it out of the bag. We're okay. The Acker's on. And then Lovey, what was it? Was Lovey it does Fourth Lovey. and 20? Was it a fourth and yeah. 20? And yeah, oh, straight God. up the corners or the safety's hands. It was terrible defense. And then they ended up just rubbing salt into the wounds as well with a two-point conversion just to win it, which, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, to be fair, it was a poor selection. I should have touched that game. And used you know what, as well, I don't mind. I don't mind losing. Oh, I thought that was box games office. Like that. Yeah, 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 it was box office. Okay, it's blown the acker, but box office from Robbie, <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah, it was, to be fair. I mean, I think I'm more of a punter than you guys. You guys are like the neutral who love watching drama and great things happen. I was there 
laying on the sofa thinking, God, this is just terrible. <laughs> uh, and then you it... prop Oliza back because I think you changed that. Yeah, I'm, I definitely, I'm definitely just rolling with whatever's going on. But okay. All right. Sorry. I'm interrupting your flow. So Taylor Heineke Yakum. Yeah, we're bouncing back this week, hopefully. It's a four-team Acker. Obviously, we've only got a few games, but at the same time, there are lots of short-price favourites. And we're taking all of these money lines. So you're going to get a couple short prices in there. So we need to add that extra selection to build up the price. Mm. First team, of course, as per usual, is my Drew Lock of the Week, the Buffalo Bills. They've just got too much talent, home field advantage, added motivation, and one of the best QBs in the game for Miami. I think they win quite comfortably, as already talked about in the Drew Lock. Second up, I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, to beat the Seattle Seahawks. Much like Buffalo, you're getting a pretty short price, but again, it's justified. I believe the 49ers, as I've already touched on, are the best team in the NFC right now, Um, even better than the Eagles who aren't playing this week. And even with Brock Purdy at QB, fully expect them to dominate against Seattle, who who are very lucky, I have to say, wearing my Packers merch uh, to make the playoffs. Um, (laughs) And the 49ers have beaten them twice this year, so I don't see why Seattle will somehow cause a shock there. Thirdly, I want the Bengals over the Baltimore Ravens. Just a lack of talent at wide receiver for the Ravens has let them down all year. Yes, the run game has worked out well on occasions, but Lamar Jackson missed missed practice again this week. Doubt he's going to play. The Bengals D have allowed the sixth fewest rushing yards per game this year. Baltimore will probably move the rock, but they won't move it enough to beat the Bengals, who have won eight straight, the latest of which was a Week 18 victory over the Ravens, where Jamar Chase just dominated. I expect him to go off again. And finally, to up the price of this ACCA, because we've got three short price favourites so far, whacking the Jacksonville Jaguars to beat the LA Chargers. Ooh, now, nice. <laughs> I completely understand why many would want to take LA here. You've got Justin Herbert, who's played really well in the second half of the season. Keenan Allen seems to be healthy now. Austin Eckler's been RB1 for the basically the last, well, since at the outset of the NFL season. So I can see why you might want to err on the side of the Chargers. But Jacksonville are a team on a sharp upward curve. They secured their playoff berth last week over a divisional rivals. They've got momentum on their side. And last week, when they beat the Titans, they just had no run game whatsoever, but they still won. Now, the Chargers really struggled to stop the run. They've allowed a 100-yard rusher in six of their last eight games. And I think it could be Travis Etienne who dominates rather than Austin Eckler in this game, who many would expect to be the guy who writes the headlines. So to clarify, this week's Taylor Heineke Acker selections are the Buffalo Bills, the San Francisco 49ers, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Currently pays around 11 to 4 with SBK, which is around the price we've been giving out for Taylor Heineke Acker's all season long. I think this is around the biggest price, actually, um, so far. We have a welcome offer, which is bet £10 to get £30 free. So if you place your £10, sign up with SBK, you've got £30 free bets, perfect for the Taylor Heineke Acker and Wildcard Weekend. Love that. Love that on so many levels, not least... As Crystal Tom says, Propo, Taylor Anikiak is since he's been in control of them, paying around 11 to 4. Every time me and he used to do that, we'd be just over evens. Yeah, <laughs> so, I know. And also, he's actually won them. As yeah, well. that, that too. That too. <laughs> Ask yourself, kiddo, because I want a few. You want, you want one. Few. You want one. I want, I want one more than you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You want one. I want zero. So, yeah, Crystal's won about three or four. So he's been absolutely cruising. Sorry, Crystal Sauce. Crystal, crystal, saucy crystal, crystal. saucy crystal. He's definitely dancing at the glass slipper with that with that name. The uh, uh, Travis, we were, we talked about that earlier on. I'm, I love the fact that every time Crystal Tom vindicates something, love that. Well, that's exactly it's the another point consensus. That we made earlier. 
Another consensus, loving the Jags on that. Oh, that should tell you, I uh, hope a lot listeners at home, if you are going to get involved with the action, as always, be careful, gamble responsibly. You've got to be 18 plus, uh, begambleaware.org uh, to keep it on things. And like everything in life, do things in moderation. It's always a lot more fun that way. Uh, right. Good luck, fellas. Super wild card weekend. Here we come. Make sure you're joining us Saturday at Mia Propo. One more plug for that. Nine o'clock, Talk Sport 2, Seahawks. 49ers were expecting the 49ers to cruise that one. And of course, uh, football all weekend long. Tom, it's great to see you, man. Thank you for dropping by. Thank you very much, guys. Good luck with your picks this week. Appreciate that. I'll see Tom on SPK Edge Rush Extra. We'll put a link to that show uh, in our show notes. And of course, Crop O, I will see you bright and breezy Saturday night. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Uh, looking forward to it. Me too. That's all three of us. Uh, back at yes. Yeah, see you next time. Bye for now. Podcast Network.